0: Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state and the pursuit of justice. Email us at theradicalsecular at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at radical
1: underscore secular. Follow us on Twitter at Radical secular. For full video episodes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hello and welcome back to The Radical Secular. I'm Christoph Defoe. And I'm Sean Prophet. In the news segment today, we're going to talk to you about the VP debate. We're going to talk to you about Governor Whitmer and the batshit plot to kidnap her. We're going to talk to you about the latest in the COVID-19 Trump nonsense saga. And we're also going to talk to you about a World War II battle hero and also a future aircraft carrier uh, named Doris Miller. And uh, we're going to get into our topics after that. And we're going to talk to you about the uh, Netflix docudrama called The Social Dilemma. And that's going to be an interesting conversation. And then after that, we're going to get into our third topic, which is Sam Harris, meditation and spirituality, quote, unquote. Um, And then we're also going to introduce a new segment later on in the show. You're going to have to listen to hear it. And it's going to be called Off the Radical Radar. So definitely stay, uh, stay around for that. Um, before we get into any of that, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you hit that big red subscribe button. That really does matter. It, it's important that you subscribe, not just listen, subscribe. And look, if you are radically secular and you think of yourself that way, and we hope you do, give us a five-star rating, and especially in the App Store, uh, the Apple App Store, that is. And uh, tell your friends and your family about the show, because the word of mouth really fucking matters. Also, I want to plug the Just Words fallacy medium publication we had a really cool um article out this past week that we're going to actually talk a little bit about today and just words fallacy posts weekly articles from progressive diverse authors related to politics religion rationality and justice and all the awesome stuff that we talk about here on the radical secular perhaps a slightly broader purview but it's pretty fucking awesome and you should listen to it you should read it um, we are the narrative companion. Just Words Fallacy is a narrative companion to the Radical Secular Podcast. The link is in the show notes if you're interested in publishing your work on the Just Words Fallacy. Now that we got past the show note type stuff, the housekeeping, let's get into the T-shirts. Um, I guess uh, I'll go first. Uh, sure, I'll go first. All right. Here's the T-shirt. And uh, Sean's going to go ahead and, and, and explain it for you, For you, what it looks like. I'm going to step away so it, everyone can see on the camera. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So this is the Mac V SOG logo. It's something that actually uh, uh, Christoph has worn before on the show, but uh, he has a special reason for wearing it today and I'll let him tell you about it. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, this is a retread t-shirt. Um, but as I
1: was looking through, I have some new t-shirts that I was going to wear, but I was like, you know what this week, um, I'm feeling pretty, uh, I like, a, I'm feeling like a warrior this week, man, because, uh, there's so much going on and, and I'm ready to fucking fight it. But also, um, this past article that I wrote, um, for the just Wars fallacy was about, and, um, um, a uh, about Macvee Zog and about um, the Black experience in Vietnam and World War II.
0: So I thought this is a, a appropriate shirt. Sean, what are you wearing? Well, I this this shirt actually has an expiration date because if we don't do this now, we probably <laughs> will never get to do it. But it says
1: "Flush the orange turd," and it looks like an orange ice cream cone kind of, but really it's a pile of shit. <laughs>
0: We know this president is a pile of shit. I mean, and we really do only have about three weeks. What is it? Just under a month, three weeks to to flush the turd. And uh, so this shirt and our country has the same expiration date.
1: Oh, I love it. I love that, Sean. And it is. (laughs) terrifying to think of what is coming up <laughs> and and uh th- that we're we are in the countdown and it is absolutely terrifying and, and it on that note let's just jump right into the news man um Ugh. so the news is shitty as always <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> well, well, but how about the, the vp debate though let, let, let's talk about
0: that i know it seems like a million years ago now <laughs> uh, right it's like a, what, every day is a million years at this at this in this uh in 2020 it just it's the gift that keeps on giving and we wish it I would know. stop <laughs> Please, <laughs> just fucking stop. Um, but, but what are your thoughts, Sean? Like you watched it, we watched it. What are you thinking? You know, I mean, Kamala Harris is awesome. Every sane American loves her, wants to be her, wants to support her, wants to um, ha- do anything we can to help her. Uh, <laughs> love to be to be in, you know, making. Making shows, videos, uh, speaking on her behalf. I mean, I like she's a, a, a she's presidential material and um, almost overshadows Biden, frankly.
1: I, you know what, she is. Oh man, I, you know, I, I. So the way I've been, I've approached these debates in general is that I don't watch it the night of, and I listen, and then the next day I look at the highlights, right? And then I'll li- and then I'll watch it that day right and uh and i'll have it sort of while i'm working and i'll watch it and i did the same thing with it, with this debate um I, I think there's part of me that's just sort of like the night of like super anxious and like you know nervous and it's easier just to sort of deal with the next day anyway so i deal yeah. with the next day um and so i thought like first of all she is such a fucking boss you know and, and badass just such a fucking badass and right and, and as an attorney myself and I feel so humbled by her, right? Because she is just so kick-ass. Obviously, a kick-ass attorney for so long. Now, a kick-ass popular, uh, um, you know, politician, and, and you know, and she, I, she had a right. These vice presidential debates aren't super important in the
0: grand scheme of things. At least historically, they haven't been. But there seems to be a new important this time, year. right? This time was different. And, and it's a little and bit different. It is a little different and and one of the things that I really did not like about it was how much every everybody was focused on tone, you know? And mm-hmm. and one of the things was is that, you know, she because, you know, she could have she could have ripped Mike Pence's intestines out and laid them on the table without any problem at all. And she didn't do that. She held back. She was. She was actually quite polite to him, and you know, like uh, uh, I'm speaking. Okay, you know, it's like mm-hmm, it was, mm-hmm. that was. That was awesome. It was awesome. It was it, awesome. It was the it was the 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 quote of the night, as far as I was concerned. And of course, then we had it. Uh, you know, the whole thing was upstaged by this fly, which I found absurd because. Oh you God! Know, I, I, you know, it, it was it was bad for Mike Pence, which is why I liked it. But you know, yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> course,
1: of course, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. But I think that you know it really. Um, if anything it took a little bit away from the from from the brilliance of 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 kamala harris there you
1: know yeah because then that ended up becoming the topic right so it, it, which is fucking stupid i mean I, I my favorite out of those topics is the it that those sort of the fly story is mm-hmm. that flies are attracted to shit right yeah. and so like, like <laughs> that's, that's the most sure. obvious like idea. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> exactly right exactly and he is part of that turd that we need to that we need to flush yeah. right um his his head is so far up trump's ass that he might as well be part of trump's actual shit you know um so you know and what I but the thing about Mike Pence that he needed to come in there and he needed to shake up the race, right? He is his guy is ten points behind nationally, which we know is different than battleground states, but nevertheless, right? He is ten points behind nationally. He needed to come in and shake up this race, and he did not do that, right? He didn't say no, no. anything new, and because but the record is so bad. That is impossible to defend, even for a, a, like a a professional liar like him and a professional
0: deflectioner. Right. Professional. Um, I mean, he he lied about everything important. Everything. OK, everything, everything. important. I mean, and, and and it's just like this has become the Republican way of life. They don't have any other way of approaching issues, because if they do tell the truth, uh, they'll lose. Exactly. Exactly. I
1: mean, and 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 It's interesting to sort of wrap this into hierarchy, right, as we talk about all the time, right? Because if you are a Republican politician, your policies, if you're straight up about them, are deeply, deeply unpopular. Nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody thinks that you should take health care away from people. Even, right, nobody thinks that, except for real super right-wingers. But the point is, like, ultimately, they're just defending their position in the hierarchy. they're, They're defending power. And so they have to sort of they have to lie about that. And as as voters become increasingly more savvy, right, as time goes on, the democratization of information via the Internet, which that's an interesting conversation that we'll talk about later. We have a lot to say about that. that. Um, But it's really (laughs) fascinating because now they just have to lie. I mean, it's not even like dog whistling anymore. It's just straight up disin lies, not even disinformation,
0: just lies. Well, I'll just bring up, I'll bring this right back to Obama and Obamacare, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and how the, the, the entire Republican base is, is, is been conditioned to lie, not to, to expect lying from their politicians, but also to lie to themselves because you saw those signs, the tea party, started the tea party in 2010 government hands off my Medicare, right? (laughs) Yeah. Which Come is, on. which is, that's where, that's where Medicare comes from is the government. So it's just, you know, they, they, they just, they can't get it right. They've been so conditioned to these talking points. And, um, and that, and that I think leads into, you know, the next thing you want to talk about, right. Which is, uh, which is this, you know, the, the, the same people, the same tea party type people and their crap that they just pulled in Michigan. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I just,
1: before we move on, I just want to just like hit this real quick and that is right. And uh, cause you mentioned this earlier and that is the tightrope that someone like Kamala Harris has to walk, right? She has, she could have, like you said, ripped out that motherfuckers uh, intestines and throw them on the table and stamped on them and laughed. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I would have cheered her on. Applauded. I would have applauded. But the problem is that, that, and, and we saw this in the punditry right afterward a from the right is that oh she her she was making faces oh she was scowling I mean it's almost as if they don't know how how sexist and misogynist they sound um, or they don't care because it's just it was
0: such a predictable response from them and it's exactly how they responded anything to quash the up and coming rising star black woman
1: exactly exactly and 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 that does lead right into our the next sort of topic in terms of the news right and i'll let you kick it off in terms of governor uh Whitmer and everything that she's
0: dealing oh, with well you know the the uh, obviously the the dog whistles are working the dog foghorns the incitement mm-hmm. the stochastic terrorism that trump is is has you know he says liberate michigan well what is, what does he fucking think that means you know what are, what are you going to do liberate michigan from who Right. Well, obviously, the implication and which is what he meant is from the Democratic governor, the democratically elected governor. So we're talking about insurrection. We're talking about a president of the United States who has been talking about insurrection. And lo and behold, people started planning it. Go figure. Go figure, right? I mean, it's as if, right, and and this,
1: interestingly, Pence goes on and, right, uh, Kamala Harris goes on and says, oh, you know, your guy refuses to denounce white supremacists, which, of course, he did refuse to, to, to do it. And in fact, right, he was given the chance once, and then didn't do it and then when given the next chance and then deflected to you know anti or whatever and then the second chance and the second chance he gets he gives us like mealy mouthed watery bullshit which ended up ends up being a call to action for these exact people right it ends up being a call to action governor whitmer said that right she said that they put, put, said, a, they,
0: they put a patch right on their right on their on their uh, arm the next day they had patches going out stand back stand by and exactly. it's like okay this is what they're doing and they had sheriffs involved I mean, and, and and the the reason you know that they had sheriffs involved is because this guy, okay, uh Barry County, Michigan Sheriff Dar Leaf. what a name. Uh, yeah, what a name. <laughs> he was actually on stage at a rally with the guys who were arrested. And then afterwards he tried to make it like it was some sort of like, oh, we were about to we were maybe they were gonna perform a citizen's arrest of the governor. It's like, are you fucking out of your fucking mind? I know. So that
1: is bad shit. You know what's so interesting? Oh wow! I just thought of this just now. This is not in the outline, ladies and gentlemen. I just this is just bing. Um, but in, in all seriousness, so I, I've been reading and listening to in my uh, in my moments when I have other things to do, and I'm just listening on my. Uh, audible and, uh, to, to the, uh, the story of reconstruction of black reconstruction. And, and I'm at the point right now where we're talking at, I'm, you know, there's a fucking 38 hour long book or something like that. It's, it's long. Insane, it's great insane. though. It's oh my God. It's so good. And for a book that was written when it was written, so readable to a modern, to a modern ear, it doesn't sound like, you know, I remember when, when I was in law school, Reading a case from like 1902 is like, I mean, mm-hmm. it is like pulling. I'd I'd rather pull my teeth out, right? Because it's just like this flowery language that just like like they spend 15 minutes saying something they could have said in like three sentences, right? And you don't get that with W with W E B Du Bois's
0: um a well, uh, work. D- look, look, Du Bois is you know he's often thought of as a black intellectual. He's mm-hmm. he's a great intellectual. Period. 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 Exactly. I
1: hate that fucking qualification. Right. The Me black. Well, co- you know, like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> um. So but I think was really but what I thought was interesting is that he was talking about the black codes and mm-hmm. in those black codes. Right. Any white person could make a citizen's arrest right. of any black person for any reason. Right. And this. So when, he, when I heard that sheriff bring that up, citizen's arrest, I was like, wow. So you really are harking back to this to, to the, the the confederacy, right? This idea that white so right. white guys with guns get to roam the street and patrol and just arrest black people or just arrest people when they want. It's, I mean, this is insane. This is
0: insane that we're even having this conversation, but we are having this conversation. You know, what's good about it? What's good about it is that all of the old pretenses about the second amendment, about law enforcement, they're all falling away. Mm-hmm. They cannot hide anymore because they they this is who they are. This is who they are. This is what they want. They want a two-tiered society. They want a caste system in America. And that's what's going on here. That's exactly, I mean, the, the crazy thing is, is that um, I was reading another article and obviously even Trump's people have to admit, you know, and the FBI and Homeland Security, they have to admit that the largest terror threat in the United States is whites, coming from white supremacy. It's something like when you when you look at all of the uh, uh, right-wing political violence, it's been like, it's like they've killed like 38 people, you know, versus like five people killed by the left, you know, so it's like both sides have a problem with violence, but it's like, it's like you know, 85 to 15 or whatever the percentage it's a huge percentage on the right okay and and the other stat that's that's horrifying is that um, white supremacy has really you know organized white supremacy has really infiltrated the military and the police mm-hmm. forces of the United States Somewhere yeah. up, uh, upwards of 20 to 30 percent is the estimate of white supremacists within the within those ranks, because they figured out that if they were just, you know, Joe Podunk having, uh, you know, a, a Klan rally that, you know, they, they they were going to not get a lot. But they can they can join the military or the police force and and make this a part of their of their Klan activity. You know, they could do it under color of law and under color then get paid for it.
1: Absolutely, and and what I'm what I'm reminded, yeah, get fucking paid for it by right. by, by taxpayers, by, by taxpayers. taxpayers, by, by tax, You can't make this shit up, right? I mean, you can't make this shit up. So you know, th- I'm reminded of the Kenosha guy, right? Kyle running down the street and like, or the cops throwing water bottles to mm-hmm. the to to the militias and saying, "Hey, we appreciate you guys," right? And I'm reminded of that old Rage Against Machine line, right? Though some of those who work forces are the same who burn crosses, right? And right. this is not this is not new, right? Uh, it's not. Uh, it is but not it's new. coming
0: out. It's 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 being exposed. It's actually now we're seeing it because they are exposing themselves. That's exactly right. And and this is what I've
1: been saying for a long time about Trumpism. The silver lining is twofold. First of all, there's no more pretense. It is just foghorns now, right? Like mm-hmm. like you always say, dog foghorns. That's the first thing. And secondly, it has it has forced me, and I think a lot of people of color. To think, to first of all, to 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 contemplate and become realistically aware of the society we live in, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so easy to uh, to be like to to think. And I know I spent most of my life thinking that there was no issue here. Racism is the the civil rights era is sometime in the past, right? right. But that was never the world we were li- the country we were living in. I thought it was, but it's not. And so it's like now it's a little like now we as people of color and also we as progressives now understand the fight that we're in you and I have been you people like you and me have been talking about this fight for a long time and people didn't listen. And now here we are. And this is the fight we've been in this fight for a long time. It's now just very front and center. There's no denying it. We cannot even, no one can deny it. Not even
0: white moderates can deny it anymore. No, they, they like to try to deny it. And it's sure. I mean, the, the, the amount of, um, cowardice on the mm-hmm. left is something that I will never understand. Just to even talk about things as they are. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, well, let's. Well, before we get too bogged down here, let's move on to the like, uh, well, <laughs> the Trump COVID saga. Let's just touch on that briefly. I mean, no, there's not what, a much what is there to say. There's you know? nothing
0: much to say. I mean, he's he's um, we don't know what his true condition is because it's being hidden from us. Um, you know, that the doctor I mean, I th- there's so many laughable moments uh that, that, that have occurred since our last episode. I know, you know, I know? From that from the, the this dictator, you know, Il Duce moment on the balcony <laughs> and the, 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 the Covita speech, you know? Yeah, it's the like, Covita speech. <laughs> it's just like can you can you even imagine you know and 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 then him like you know like not being able to breathe at the top of the stairs and and uh, yeah. you know he's he seems i mean the funny thing is he does seem better now which mm-hmm. is you know which is weird i mean i guess they said his treatment cost a million and a half dollars mm-hmm. for this special serum that came from wait for it uh, aborted fetuses Uh, Ah, you know, uh, it's the guys are the coming home to roost, and I just love to hear
1: how a guy like Mike Pence defends this, and we know how a guy like Mike Pence defends this because he is just the ultimate deflector. He'll just start talking about Hillary Clinton or something or whatever, right? Like that's what that he's the old. But Hunter Biden, you know, exactly. Well, Hunter (laughs) Biden did X, Y, and Z, didn't he? Emails, right? Exactly. Didn't he murder a child recently? You know, I mean, you like honestly, like you know, uh, and or or. You'll maybe talk about how uh, black mothers have a disproportionate number of abortions. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and so this, these justifications. But at the end of the day, these guys are a bunch of hypocrites and a bunch of liars. And and at the, and the irony, of course, is that Donald Trump is being given getting government funded healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. That no one else is allowed to have, right? At uh, he like. He he kept saying, "Oh, you know, go go back to your lives." And like, look, I would go back. I maybe I would go back to my life if I knew that can Marine. Everybody get, One, get yeah. <laughs> and Marine One was hanging out outside, ready to fly me to the the best possible medical care available on the planet. Yeah, sure, maybe I would. Maybe I would just take more
0: risks. But hey, yeah, come, where you like, can come get on. top experimental medicine that nobody else has. You know, it's exactly. Like, he was like, "Oh, Remdesivir. I, that's nothing. I got uh, this other Regeneron. You know, and Regeneron yeah. is, is 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 actually not even a medicine. It's a company." Who yeah, makes yeah, the medicine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. I mean, and you know, he looks so unhinged, right? Especially that one he the pictures that he the videos that he did with like by himself in the Rose Garden or whatever on the South Lawn. And mm-hmm. it was just him, and he looked like completely insane. Like his face was like redder than ever. He had this sort of like his hair looked like not yellowy, almost like white. And he just sitting there like of like a like like a used car salesman or like a guy on uh on TV. It's gonna be you know? great not going to be great you know buy my pillow you know or whatever the fuck else right like yeah. it, it, it was astonishing it was astonishing but like we don't want, we don't want to waste our smart
0: listeners time rattling <sighs> off this bullshit i mean come on you guys there's, you all know there's one more little thing and that is the uh the, the what he, i was watching on cnn before uh the episode today uh he has he had another event from the balcony where he's talking uh. to he's talking to a bunch of black and brown people who were basically uh. pay, paid to be there like they had their hotels they had transportation they had everything paid for and they're there also you know without uh, uh protection without masks and things like that and uh, it's Candace Owen strikes again oh she is the oh my gosh she is she is i we don't claim her
1: we black people we don't claim her we don't claim her i don't know what the hell's wrong with that woman i think that she is a, i think the these a lot of these folks um, look you have conservative views and i and and that's fine i disagree with them but this sort of the the uh, the conservative that can with a straight black conservative with a straight face can go to the white house of the most racist uh, openly racist president ever um in modern history certainly um and 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 do this with a straight face. I mean, this is a person which I think has like a mental issue, right? Like, and, I, and by mental issue, I don't mean like they're crazy or whatever. I mean, like like narcissist. Because when you do that as a black person and you stand out and become a conservative, you mm-hmm. will get all the attention in the world, right? So there's a, a class different. of you know there's a class of person who is going to be willing to to debase themselves to get that kind of attention.
0: There is a. I, I'm not going to use the term, but mm-hmm. uh, everybody knows what I'm talking about. There's a bed for such people in exactly. the plantation house. Absolutely. Uh, Samuel Absolutely. L. Jackson uh, played such a person, so we don't have to. We don't have to say it. Everybody knows what that is. Everybody that is. knows. Everybody knows,
1: and we know what we're talking about. We don't have to say it. But also, by the way, right, there were uh Jewish people who um who cons- consorted with the Nazis, right? Mm-hmm. There uh, are on Deep Space Nine are one of our favorite shows, right? There was the one of the one of the Bajorans who consorts with the Cardassians uh, and that gotcha. and obviously that's an allegory right there. There's always someone who is willing to take who is willing to take the side of the oppressor and get mm-hmm. the benefits, right? And th- there's always somebody, and that's all that stuff. On the on the on the South Lawn is, and when conservatives point to that and be like, oh look, we can't possibly be racist, which in and of itself is a racist statement. Like just because you happen to know a black person, you can't be racist is is a profound misunderstanding of how racism works. But you know, the conservatives will point to Candace Owen and be like, hey, trot her out and like, obviously not. We can't be racist. The president can't well, be racist. You know, and I, and look, oh, oh oh, Pence actually said that, right? He said, oh
0: no, the the, the president's son, uh, son and daughter in law are Jewish. <laughs> oh yeah, they're Jewish. <laughs> unreal on fucking real it's it's unreal and and you know this is a this is a classic trope all throughout history and um and you don't have to wait long to see it right i mean they brought um the attorney general uh from kentucky they brought him up to speak at the i I forget the name right now but um he has he has distinguished himself um just in the few weeks since the convention as uh one of these people who's got a comfy bed on the plantation Mm hmm. And Uh, (laughs) he's and he's now trying to suppress the evidence he wants to seal the grand jury hearing because he knows if it comes out, he's going to be blamed. Exactly,
1: exactly. <clears throat> um, especially speaking of Black people and uh, famous Black people, let's talk about Doris Miller before we move on. Okay. Um, so Doris Miller is um, Doris Miller is a World War II veteran, was a World War II veteran. And he um, was serving, so back in World War II, Black uh, people, Black men uh, could only, in, in the Navy at least, could only work as uh, mess men. And that was a uh, entire branch that no longer exists. It's called something else now. Um, but their enti- the only thing they could do basically was um, shine officer shoes, uh, serve and cook meals, swab decks, all this sort of thing. So basically, they were a servile class, just like they were a servile class um, back on on the home front. And um, so I actually wrote a story about this in the Just Words fallacy in this last week. You should definitely check it out. Um, it's uh, it's it's got a provocative title, but at the bottom line is it's called uh, American Legion. Please look it up. We'll put it in the show notes for you. But um, but I, I I it ties in really well with this with Doris Miller here. Now Doris, known as Dory um, by by people who cared about him. He was a messman on the, I can't remember the USS, it doesn't matter, uh, West Virginia, maybe, USS West Virginia um, in Pearl Harbor. And so the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and he was uh, busy collecting laundry because that's what the guys like that had to do. And he and then the bombs started dropping, right? And he ran out and um, he had never been trained how to use a 50 caliber machine gun, but he jumped on a 50 caliber machine gun and started just like shooting until he ran out of ammunition. Then he went to another gun and shot until he ran out of ammunition ammunition and then once he ran out of ammunition he went back in looking for more to do he went to his commander and asked for more to do his commander had him he was a big guy he was a boxer Mm -hmm. a really big uh competitive boxer and so he went and he would go um he would go and he started carrying guys down including out of the fire so he, he made repeated trips through uh burning oil to pick up um, to pick up the captain, the commander, and various other people on the ship, there are multiple people who, who whose lives he owe him their lives. Wow. Um, he w- and he was, and this was in you know. And and so this is a time when black people were thought of as as inferior in many ways, but in not the least of which is in terms of intelligence and in terms of and in terms of courage in particular, they're thought of as cowards and weaklings. And he flew in the face of all of that. And so what he did, he uh, Chester Nimitz, who was the um, uh, the so the commander of all the naval forces uh, of the of um, of the United States, he. Uh, awarded him the navy cross which is the highest uh, cross you can get a uh, uh, military honor you can get in the navy um, besides the medal of honor which is the highest that the entire country can give you um, and he uh, then went on to continue to serve he went and sold well war bonds for a while then he went he went on to continue to serve and actually died on another ship in World War Two, um, but all this is um, brought up because the black experience is not talked about um, in movies, in popular culture. We don't learn about it in high school. This, this needs to be a film. This, this uh, the, there Absolutely. needs to be a film about Doris Miller. Absolutely, exactly. Uh, exactly. No question. Exactly, and hopefully there will be. And the greatest news of all, and this is why I've loved this so much, is that they are naming an aircraft carrier after him. They're naming an aircraft carrier after him, Sean, a, a United States supercarrier that usually carry the name of presidents of, of the presidents. United States. Yes. And he, and he is being honored. He is being honored as the first African-American. Um, and th- there was already a frigate that was named after him that's since been de- decommissioned, but it's not, nothing is the same as a American supercarrier. Um, no one else that's- in the entire world has carriers like we do.
0: That's um, profound. There's only, and we only have what, like, like, like twelve or something. Like, like twelve that. of them, and, yeah. and right, exactly. They cost like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like almost a billion dollars a piece, right? They're or like, more. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, they're, like, they're yeah, millions of dollars. It's yeah.
1: insane how expensive they are. Yeah. Um, so the keel is being laid, I think, in a few years, and it should be operational in 2029. Um, wow. And uh, and they're and they already know the name. And I I am just so incredibly uh, proud as a person who cares a lot about the military and and cares about a lot about the black experience of the military. Um, it, it, it almost makes me emotional. I think it's, it's a huge deal. It's a huge fucking deal. You like, so. should be.
0: You should be as we as we all should. Because what this means, what this means is this is, this is again the project, like the civil rights project. It's so long and it's, it's been, you know, Mm -hmm. it's been, it's so much a a part of American history from the beginning. And, and, you know, everything we're talking about here, uh, even, even Trumpism, like this is, this is part of this grand, like we're in the middle of this whole thing right now, but this is part of a grand story. And I, I do believe there's a chance now that it will have a a good ending. I think that we're, 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 we're dealing with this. We're dealing with, and it's almost like um, it has to get, uglier before it can get better? Absolutely,
1: man. Like I, I this is what, like I said, I was talking about earlier, the the silver lining, of the Trump era is that like, we, America is finally facing its demons, right? Like just puking it out, just puking it. it. Out. And, and, and right. And it took this, this is what it took, right. It to, to, mm-hmm. to make that, that filth bubble to the surface that we have to face it as a nation. And again, like you say, this is not a short project. This is a long project, but this is a, a critical step in that project, you know?
0: Yeah, man! Wow, thank you for bringing that to 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 my attention. This is—I mean, I, I read the article, but I didn't mm-hmm. quite get that imagery of the guy with the fifty-caliber anti-aircraft yeah. gun. You know, yeah, it's exactly. Just like- Oh man, you know this is like, and, and, and running through burning oil. You know, firemen's carrying. You know, exactly. Oh man, the that's, captain,
1: fireman carrying the captain down from the bridge. Right, you know, yeah. it, it's amazing stuff. It's
0: like it's, again, this is movie stuff. Movie. It is. You know? It is. It is emotional. Even hearing about it. So exactly. Exactly. Um. So anyway, so <sighs> let's uh let's go ahead
1: and move on to our next segment. Um, and we're going to talk about the social dilemma, which I'm pretty stoked about. So, um, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine. He, I, I went to school with him, and he is sort of like eyeballs deep in, in, in Silicon Valley, and he provided a statement, a verbal statement, which I then transcribed um, faithfully, but with light editing, um, and I'm going to read it. It's going to take me about a minute to read it, and then we're just going to jump into the conversation. So here we go. Um, the Social Dilemma does a great job of highlighting the paradox between free will capitalism and the interaction with modern technology and powerful artificial intelligence. Because the fundamental premise of Western society, and in particular, the neoliberal strain of Western political thought, is that each person is free to choose their own path. And the choices they make is some sort of sacred spiritual thing inherent within the individual. It's this idea that free will is the most important thing in all of democracy and free choice is a and free choice in a marketplace is all based around that. And so the question is, can you overcome that free will of technology? If you record all the information that a person has done, all the information and data that's pertinent to that person, and then you use a very powerful predictive algorithm to, pre- to, uh, to predict what that person will do and what that person can do, can you change their behavior and in essence, override their free will? And that's the thing that Facebook and other technologies uh, have stumbled upon. It's almost a perfect marketing tool. The perfect marketing tool would be one that has an 100% conversion rate. That is, every person I use the marketing tool on buys the thing I'm selling. That's perfect marketing, and it's also mind control. And so the best uh, marketing tools are the ones that are best at mind control. Most marketing tools are excellent if they achieve 30%, 40%, or 50% conversion rates while meanwhile facebook has shown that it is definitely at a higher percentage rate than anything that we've seen before and that's the thing facebook is breaching the free will barrier in an unprecedented way and that's the reason why we're having such a corrosive that's that it's having such a corrosive effect on democracy because everything is structured around this idea that your will is free and now if you have a political message you can go pay facebook to overcome the individual will with that and get votes you can so you can turn your money into votes more effectively than ever before and that is a conflict that strikes at the very heart of Western democracy. Um, and thank you so much for that um, unnamed friend who doesn't want to be named here because for work purposes. But nevertheless, um, go ahead, Sean. Um, I know this is an well, issue that you
0: think <laughs> about a lot. So uh, kick us oh, off. Oh man. Uh, okay. So first of all, thank you to your friend. I totally get what's going on here because this is this is one of the great uh, scandals of our time. It really is and um he he his his way into it was actually touched upon a little bit in the film but uh but it, he 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 was much more direct about it in terms of the free will issue and we could do a whole episode frankly on the philosophical notion of free will whether that oh would, that's guess, an
1: interesting concept yes 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 it
0: exists yes. or not I mean I mean th- there there is there is there are big questions you know be, uh, between determinism the idea that we live in a causal universe uh versus you know whether we can we're truly free to choose anything and um uh there's there's the, it's just so much that can be said i don't even want to open that can of worms but <laughs> yeah, but but um uh, suffice to say that the the film um it was it was it was both really good in some ways and 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 just horrible in other ways and uh and i'm gonna get i'm gonna break this down because yeah go
1: for it man i'm listening
0: you know it, it's what was happening here is is they 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 really set this up uh as a as a sort of a, of a reefer madness. Um, uh, kind of a, and, and I know that I'm not the first one to make that comparison, but you know, it really needs to be said that this is a moral panic. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and the moral panic is, is misplaced because what we're talking about here, it's talking about individual behavior, you know, me looking at my phone or kids looking at their phones, you know, and this as being this huge issue. That's like, you know, the threatening to end civilization, which they really actually do say at the end of the film, (laughs) they literally say that they say that, and, um, What this, this is, this is massive, massive scapegoating. Okay. Because what we really have here and, and I'll I'll just, I'm just going to state the broad brushstrokes is that this is, this is, uh, social media and the internet, uh, is the, uh, sort of largest ever, uh, lever that capital and those who own the, the capital and property of the world are using to suppress democracy it is it is and, and it is doing so through the um, obliteration of truth the same um, the same way that it was in 1984 uh, the same way as it was in this famous four light scene with Picard that we always talk about uh, the idea that we can overcome truth with power and that is the central um, that, that is the central issue with with social media and this film, sidesteps and deflects from that issue in in a hundred different ways and one of the ways they do that i mean first of all like i got to start out by talking about the the um the the music score which is very evocative Mm -hmm. of the trent Reznor atticus ross score that was done for um the original the social network film which was a really good film um but the social network uh, actually, now in retrospect, ten years on, uh, seems extremely you know pollyannish I mean, it's like mm-hmm. it's so uh, did not anticipate where this was all going. It really <laughs> and- did. <laughs> But uh, and and obviously, you know, they named their their film, The Social Dilemma, which which is as an homage to the social network. And they 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 stylistically, there was a lot there were a lot of, of, of commonalities. Um, but, you know, here's some of the boogeymen that they really they really started talking about, which is like the filter bubble and polarization. If I hear polarization one more fucking time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about it anymore. It's like everybody has got this idea that, you know, that we have to listen to all viewpoints that we shouldn't be in our filter bubbles. We should, you know, and it's like, "No, we want to know the truth." And every time you say polarization, every time you say viewpoint diversity, both sides, filter bubble, even fake news. Okay, fake news is something that like, like fake news actually exists. But the term is used against real news. So all of these, um, all of these terms, and all of these these problems that are deflections from the idea that um, people have given up on objective truth. Politicians have given up on objective truth, and and um, some more than others. Obviously, I yeah, do, for sure, I do believe that the Democratic Party is has not given up on on objective truth. And this is the problem: is is that we get lumped in both sides. So. The other side has has made a, a commitment, a solid, firm commitment to lying and hypocrisy. And so then you get people who it's so easy to say, oh, all politicians, all you know, uh both parties. And what that does is that makes Democrats seem that when they tell the truth, that they aren't telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And so this film just played right into that. Right. And and Then you have the you know the mental health issue this is a mental health issue or an addiction social media addiction right and uh, i'll get into why all these are uh, all these these are wrong um snapchat dysmorphia is another one that they talk about how you know young women are being made to feel you know feel uh uh, inadequate by snapchat it's like hello have you ever heard of the beauty industry i mean
1: yeah yeah
0: billion dollar industry has been doing this for decades centuries you know Internet lynch mobs. This is another one that, that that trades on the idea that there's no objective truth because some people should be doxxed. Some people should should you know have their uh have their internet history exposed to their bosses and to the and and, and to the world because they're evil people. These are exactly. you know racists, sexists, uh, uh Nazis, people who want to destabilize society, those people should be exposed. So when you talk about internet lynch mobs, well, you uh you're tarring both you know, uh, corrective action and uh, harassment and hate with the same brush.
1: Right, right. Yep. It's that it's it's that, that both sides-ism, right? And in this idea that people are so afraid of see, of seeming biased or whatever, that they are giving a credence to ideas that we just, we shouldn't, conversations, we should just, uh, that, uh, viewpoints that are just so abhorrent, or just plain old not true,
0: right? And we yeah. don't deserve, we don't deserve, they do not deserve equal time. Yeah, if somebody's on my if I, on my feed lying and and arguing dishonestly and 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 posting you know uh, conspiracy theories and disinformation, that person is blocked. They will not be on my feed. They're not. I'm not going to interact with them. They don't deserve the dignity of of a response. Exactly. And exactly. That is what a lot of liberals are afraid to do. They're afraid to draw that line. And 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 these these kind of films play into this because. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, let's go back and just take this from. Um, I want to tie back into the statement that your friend made. And um, first of all, there was a lady in the film. Her name is Shoshana Zuboff. And she was Mm -hmm. probably one of the most cogent people in the film, although her solution at the end I disagree with. But uh, what she essentially said is what your friend said is that social media is uh, selling certainty by making great predictions of how a target audience will behave. And um, and that's true. That's exactly what that's That's exactly exactly, right. That's the point. And by the way, um, media has done this since forever. I mean, Nielsen ratings. Attempt to do the, do the same thing with radio and television. Identify the audience. Figure out who's persuadable to buy your product. Who's watching the show that you're advertising on? This is not new. So right, and also, it, also by the way, like you saw, he talked about
1: mind control, and that is what advertising literally is, right? It is. I mean, it, like that is that is the core of advertising, right? The, the only distinction we're talking about here is a matter of
0: degree and precision. How precise. Yeah. And and here's the thing, like if you there's there's two things you have to do as an advertiser, and this goes back to um, Don Draper and Mad Men. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first thing is you want to make your customer feel like everything they are, everything they want, everything they're doing is OK. That's number one. Uh, The second point is you need to make them feel that in this one area of your product, they're inadequate. So they are lacking your product. Everything else is OK. Their, their 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 philosophy, their life, what they're doing, their world is all okay. And then you can make them feel this one little inadequacy that is your product. And, um, <clears throat> so, you know, worked with cars, cigarettes, you know, every other possible thing that you can think of that's been advertised and, um, but it's all about Manipulating them into making a purchase. So this is not something, you know, and even the accusations of the subliminal uh, manipulation. This goes back to the 1970s. There was a guy named Wilson Brian Key and Wilson Brian Key was well read in advertising circles and he wrote a book called Subliminal Seduction. Mm. And subliminal seduction was the idea that there are, there were little messages uh, subliminal messages uh, put either flashed on the screen very quickly uh, or that were were uh, hidden in, in in like ice cubes you know little sexual images hidden in mm. ice cubes and and mm. uh, you know, or backward masking uh, things that whispered in the background that would were suggestive. You ah. know? And 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 so this this was again the same objection as your friend just raised about free will that was being was being those accusations were pointed at the advertising industry in the '70s that that somehow they were bypassing your conscious mind to get to your the core of your free will and Mm -hmm. so this has been the this is the uh, you know the Shangri-La for the advertising industry and they're actually doing it now with with social media so exactly um, uh, so what she says is is this is a market that trades in human futures. And this market that has That was a brilliant
1: line. That was a brilliant line.
0: Probably the most brilliant line in the whole film. And, Definitely. Um, uh, well, there's one or two others. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, this market has made the internet companies the richest companies in the history of humanity. Now, <clears throat> this is true, but I think it's a bit of a misdirection because what's going on is, this is all of this is a tool of capital. Mm -hmm. it's a tool of capital it's a tool of you know you want to talk about the internet companies being the richest well what about fossil fuels what about Mm -hmm. arms what about what about banking what about all of these things you know mergers and acquisitions these big investment banks i mean there there are there is so much money being 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 marshaled around and and the way that people think about uh capital in a democracy has everything to do with how much money can be made and so you can look at, at, at from a from a meta perspective, social media is, is d- being designed to keep uh, the population uh, satisfied and happy with capitalism.
1: Hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So it's not yeah. just a
0: market. It's not just a market. It is, it is the entire market.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, what I keep coming back to after watching the show is that criticism. So like after after the movie, and I recommend that everybody watch it just because it's, uh, if you haven't watched it already, it, you will learn the extent to which, um, in terms of just pure facts, right? Like the extent to which the uh you know what you do online is tracked right and we can you can however you want to think about that is however you want to think about that but I think that it is just an interesting fact the extent to which and sort of the entire business model right and and the entire system and how it works because this is I think something that uh, Facebook and Twitter and all these all these folks don't want you to know right because it could be right that that is not what they want you to know so there's that and then but i think the other element which like you say and i think there was a really astute observation is that uh right that this is just this is a just another version of the same story right this is just another tool that uh, that people, very very powerful people, very very people, capitalists, right? Capitalists are able to are are able to put their thumb on the lever. And so, I mean, I'm interested to hear what you think in terms of solutions, like in terms of the solutions that they proffered. Um, but but I, I don't want to cut cool. you off. I know you, you still have other things to talk about. But
0: no, I mean, there's just there's so much more here, you know, because because they they really kind of demonize. And and what we have to say is that um, people aren't spending all this time on their phones. Uh, kids aren't, uh, you know, attached to their phones for no reason. Uh, the, social media is doing good things for oh, yeah. huma- humanity, and and this is the part, um, you know. And, and they they had this whole scene with Vincent Kartheiser, you know, with where he's like three different people, and oh, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's playing the part of the AI, you know, how they're they're scheming and plotting to, uh, and it's like, you know, nobody is sitting there thinking about how to manipulate a person. They've written algorithms that give you more of what you want. And exactly. so You know, so so that you look at more ads that you want, so that your monetization goes up. It's not sinister. It's just more precise capitalism, as as you said. And uh, the way, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. I want to hit that point because that's a really great point. Because it, it's almost this
1: dichotomy that they did, right? So, because you had these people, and I don't remember all the names, but you had some people show up, and they're all like Silicon Valley, like you know, previous uh, people at Facebook, and you know, big head honchos and and people that did really serious stuff for these places, and. No, you know, they on one hand, the film uses these people to say, look, there's an algorithm here that we're not in control of um, and which is an interesting piece of bullshit. But like that, uh, that we not, wrote, by the way, that, that we, we wrote, wrote, by the way. Know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like- and, and and that we continue to tweak, by the way. So, you know, so um, that and so and and there's nothing sinister here. But also, let's show you this picture of these three guys like in the in the so like in the in this room, in this computer room, like literally like pulling levers, So like control control people. So it's like, look, you can't have it both ways. Is it sinister or is it not? Right? Because and then and and then you have the whole storyline of the uh, of the suburban family like going down the Mm -hmm. tubes because of social media. And it's like, is it sinister or is it not? Right? And and I and maybe they they just need to sell. They just needed to sell to sell it. Right? But like like you're saying, and my point is that like it is not like and I say this a lot and we say this a lot on the show is that it's not like there's a bunch of people capitalists somewhere in a smoky, dark room, some dark, smoky room, hatching plans. It's just natural human
0: self-interest sort of snowball. It's just how power works. Okay. And you know, exactly. um, it, it's, it, it, and so of course, what else were they going to do with this technology? I mean, you know, what, exactly. they, they needed to, to to monetize it and they figured out how to do it. And, and at the same time they became the tool of the larger, you know uh, you know, Koch brothers, uh, Saudi Arabia, Russia, you know, the oil, the, the fossil industry, you know, all of these things are, are um, the real old money power brokers. Who've been around hundred years. Some of some of these companies have been around five hundred years. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so so you really have to look at this as being the latest distillation of corporate power and and the latest precise targeting of corporate power. But does good things for us. I mean, you know, we all buy these products. So, you know, you and I buy the products that we that are useful to us. Half the you products know? in this room right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know? so you know, and, and I want to I want to think about that also because you know there's this guy Jaron Lanier. He's the one with the dreads. Ah um, uh, yes and uh, he amps the paranoia up to 11 by claiming that that this has literally drained and stripped the meaning out of interaction between any two people he says if if we if if i connect with someone on facebook because of an algorithm that, that, that the very meaning of it has deceit and sneakiness built in at the center of it and it's it's an almost deliberate conflation a confusion of what i would the difference between means and ends right uh, because if i get in touch with somebody who adds value to my life you know, why do I care if somebody made three cents off that? I mean, the point of fact is, is that I met Jillian, my life partner on Facebook. Um, we've been together more than five years now. We knew each other on Facebook for a few years before we even got together in person. I mean, so, so we've known each other almost, it's coming up on 10 years now. And the reason why we got together is because our political views aligned on Facebook. And so, some ai some vincent carthizer you know algorithm <laughs> got yeah. the two got the two of us together and facebook made a nickel you know I. it's like that is that is a good thing i mean people have been paying matchmakers uh for for decades thousands of dollars to find you know this person that they that they that they connect with and um you know facebook is doing it and so they made a few bucks you know so there's there's a lot of things um like that where you know i want i want to look at this demonization and say you know We have, we have this tool here. It's like nuclear weapons, um, or fire or, you know, um, uh, you know, like chemistry, you know, Mm -hmm. these are all tools that can do great harm. You know, you can release a poison gas that can kill thousands of people. You can, you know, you can blow up a city, but these things also harnessed properly can do great good and are doing great good. So- Absolutely, that's a really great point, and
1: like, and it really doesn't that speak, and I and I hate to get all philosophical here, but doesn't that speak? I think broadly to right, like everything is like that, right? I mean, the human, the human animal is like that, right? We're like, we're, we are, we are capable of great good, we are capable of great harm, right? There is these are this this sort of dichotomy is woven into uh, all the stories that we tell, the movies that we watch right like there's, there's villains and there and, and and the best movies are and the best books are, are and the best characters in those in those films and books are ones that are dynamic and they reflect the fact that really we could go either way at any time and that is part of being a human being, right We couldn't be really evil. we can be really really good and, and I think that the tools that we create, are they are the, the tools that we create whether they be a hammer um um or a uh, a hammer or a uh, or an ai can be really dangerous and they can be really useful i think that one of the arguments that like uh, i hear a conservative making the argument already well this is the argument against gun control right this is right this is the argument like look mm-hmm. the gun is, the gun is just a gun right it depends on right. who's using it right well, but of course there's things that are so dangerous right
0: that that we have to we have to we have to regulate well, them and that gets to the point right that yes well, the yeah, point the, that is the point i mean like uh, like i i you know this the my whole problem with the film is they spent almost no time on regulation and yes. um, you know they they talked so much they spent all this i mean they went into the nuances of you know why photo tagging is bad and why the ellipsis is bad and why and how we're all lab rats and and all this kind of stuff um you know and this the, making this into a sinister thing that was really almost our fault. Like delete your social media is what the kind of, they're kind of saying, like, this is, this is a toxin. This is a drug we have to get rid of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and this is, this is my problem. I mean, I, I, I have so much more, um, you know, here to say about this, uh, well, well, for example, the, let's, let's talk about the addiction model. Okay. Mm-hmm. The idea that the idea that this is like, a, this is like a drug and they, they use a Which quote I in there.
1: I fucking <laughs> hate it. I fucking hate that I, I it's it's a it's a cheap it's cheap it's really cheap right because like you talk about deflections it is a cheap deflection because that's an easy thing that everyone can wrap their mind around and it really just it dumbs down the issue and makes it into a, a almost like a moral issue and ethical i mean it's awful it's awful it's,
0: sorry, go it's ahead. a moral panic it's well it's like it's okay you Reefer saw this you saw the scene with jonathan height okay yep. and we love to rip on jonathan height because he's such a pompous ass i mean he really is and <laughs> yes. you know and 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 what he said here that was so bad is he, you know, he basically showed statistics that um, starting in about 2009, we started to see a big increase in mm-hmm. uh, teen and tween girls' uh, self-harm and suicide. And there's this big dramatic graph you know, that he has with it going up, and it's like, dude, you are a fucking academic, okay? Correlation is not causation. Right. And there are so many things in society that could have contributed to that. It's like they said the same damn thing about video games. They said the mm-hmm. same damn thing about music. Music mm-hmm. in the 1980s, heavy metal music, was supposed to be driving kids to suicide. This is it's it's classic moral panic written all over it. But I want to I want to take up the addiction issues uh, sure. specifically because we are thinking about these devices all wrong. Okay, we're thinking about them as being something separate from ourselves. And anybody who has read The Singularity is Near. All of this was predicted, and it's arrived precisely on schedule. I mean, Singularity is, is near was not uh, Ray Kurzweil's first book. First, he wrote The Age of Spiritual Machines, and then before that, he wrote The Age of Intelligent Machines. The point is, he predicted this whole process of the uh, the, the, the double exponential growth in in processing power, which they they made this graph that looked like the fucking sorcerer's apprentice i mean they should have had the, <laughs> yeah they should yeah. have the brooms and buckets come on the screen at that honestly point. honestly <laughs> and my, my favorite was when they did the the graph and they used like the little girls
1: like shoelace as that's like, what the, i'm talking I, about I, yeah yeah i was just like are you fucking kidding me i mean i like i rolled my eyes i was just like a couple times i was just shaking my head i was like look you guys did a really great job at the intro of this like explaining <laughs> how this whole thing works and now you're just yeah. off the fucking rails like come on man like this is like this, this is like a, this is this is like a fucking set a
0: a, a saturday night special friday night special or something like that after school special this is fucking insane it it was maudlin and jonathan height should fucking hide his head you know at this point i mean he really is okay because here's what's happening these devices are currently separate from us okay but but barring some civilization ending catastrophe in 10 or 15 years they're going to be in our heads they're going to be implanted in our heads okay and that's what's happening we are merging with the technology we're not addicted to it and right now we have to still look at a screen, but at some point we are going to be in a, a in a twenty four seven situation where we are going to have to draw the boundary internally. You won't hit the off switch or the silent switch. You'll just think about it. You'll say, "I don't want to. I don't want any incoming connections right now." And right. then your, your 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 machine turns off. But uh, otherwise, the the advantages. People who don't get implants, people who don't keep up with the technology, people who keep their kids away from screen time. These people will not be able to keep up. They will be increasingly, they will be separated. There will be a, the bifurcation in society. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, these types of films and books that are slamming social media right now, they, they are becoming the theology, the mythology that will drive a neo-Luddite movement to bifurcate from the rest of civilization. And certain people are going to renounce the technology. They are going to become, uh, you know, they'll, they'll split off into a 19th century kind of existence and they will just stop communicating with the rest of us. And I think it's fucking tragic. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And
1: this I think there was a Deep Space Nine episode, right, where there was a uh, uh, they stumble upon a colony out in the middle of nowhere that where they uh, on, on a planet in the middle of nowhere where. Uh, they have eschewed technology and and progress and all this sort of stuff and they live in these sort of like uh, like they like hunter gatherer farmer type world and and the interesting sort of caught co- like uh, wrinkle in that episode was that the it turned out that the leader this woman the leader um was actually shielding them from technology right so it wasn't like a natural thing like she was making it such that Um, uh, Like she was using technology, ironically, to keep other people from finding them for finding. And so um, and and I could see that sort of thing happening, like on on a on a planet like ours. Like it's hard to separate yourself you, you, to, to go to a place you can you literally cannot go to a place where you cannot be found like that. That is right. not that. That's literally just not a possibility. Um, so. Right. But but nevertheless, there is always people who are dragging their feet. Right. And I think it's what I think is interesting is and you talk about merging with technology. Just think about the car. And, right. Mm-hmm. Think about the, the automobile. Right. Because people will say, oh, I don't want to merge technology. It's like, all right, fine, then walk. Because like what you're doing is like the car is enhancing your physical capacity. Right. You mm-hmm. are now able to, to drive 300 miles. You can what range you- all over the place. Exactly. And so this. So the technology that we're dealing with in terms of social media is this again, it's the same thing. It is just on a more, on a more advanced level. We are like, wait, heat, heat and
0: air conditioning, right? Like well, all of these, yeah, these things, yeah, cars are like, are like artificial muscles and, and, and exactly. these things are like artificial brains, you know? Exactly. And so we're extending exactly. our reach and, and it's like, by the way, that's one of my very favorite all time deep space nine episodes and it's a great and, you episode, know, because it doesn't only hit the technology issue. It also hits the cult issue because she was a mm. da- goddamn cult leader, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. um. But I also want to talk about the social implications of this, of their, their stupid narrative with this family, because this family dinner scene, it's fucking priceless because you know, so many families, Without technology, have so much unspoken conflict and mm. hypocrisy within their family. They've already communication's already broken down long before these kids became teenagers. <laughs> right, long right, before right, they right. got, yeah, got yeah. on their phone, you know, it's like, and, and so it, they, the problem it, is your family, right? The problem is your family, not
1: the technology. It's the same exactly. thing with, the, with society, right? The problem is society. The problem isn't the
0: technology, right? The technology is just a tool, right? Right, and so you know, it's like, <clears throat> why would we think? That at that point in their lives of socialization, that kids wouldn't have stronger bonds with their teenage friends than they would with their family. That is normal. That's been going on since time began, where where kids begin to disidentify with their parents and identify more with their peer group, and it's their way of separating out and becoming their own. It's it's a step on the way to adulthood. So you know, these this isn't just this isn't a a black box. This is this is actually all of their friends are on mm-hmm. the other side of this. All of their friends, uh, everything they're involved with, their social activities. I mean, you know. <clears throat> um, and then they you sit know, down. I, you know, I was I was reminded when I came, I, I got,
1: I, I, when I was listening to this, and I think I talked to Lindsay about this, is that I remember coming home from school in grade school and high school and just, and going go to my room, shutting the door and picking up the phone. And I would just like to immediately just start talking to my friends and like, you know, corded phone, plugged into the wall, the whole thing. But like, right. Like talking to my friends was all I wanted to do. So my point is that like, why is this any different? Right. Like I no one
0: ran around and said, oh, you're addicted to talking on the phone. Like that's ridiculous. I'm being a fucking teenager. No, Christoph, that's exactly right about the uh, the phone situation. I mean, <clears throat> uh, you know, parents have always gotten on their kids cases uh, about being on the phone too much. And this is the same thing. And what really got me about this scene is that after they all put their phones away in the little time lock safe that they had there, uh, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're back at the table and suddenly somebody brings up something and the mom says, I don't want to talk about politics. So exactly what the fuck does this mother want to talk about at dinner? She's taken away their connection with their friends and something that they're used to using. And then they bring up an actual world event that's going on, something that's affecting their lives. I don't want to talk about politics. So what the fuck are these people supposed to talk about?
1: so true so true you know and and uh what my favorite part was after that then the little girl then gets up and she goes to like it was like classic like oh my god she's such a drug addict that she has to like go and she tried to break open she break open the time, yeah. the, the, the the safe or whatever She's like oh
0: my yeah. god <laughs> no it was on. it was it was so heavy handed and then the way the mom reacted to it she's like okay well uh you know, I'll fix your phone. If you stay off it for a week, like again, like it's a drug and, um, uh, you know, first of all, you know, that's worse than being grounded for a teenager to Mm -hmm. have your communication. This is your communication to all your friends. Suddenly you're cut off for a week. So you're, you're grounded and, um, you know, not only that, I mean, it, it, as as it showed, you know, there was there was there was like an ex-girlfriend who was trying to get in touch with him. Right. Right. Yep. You know, and that's why he broke his he broke his uh, his quarantine to get to get his phone again. Uh, and then they made it like he'd been manipulated by Vincent Carthizer again to uh, to pick up his phone. But but yep. in reality, it was one of his friends trying to get in touch with him. So
1: yeah, you know, know, and you know, it was really interesting too to continue on that drug theme. It's like you mentioned, they did this sort of train spotting, uh, you know, um, uh, sort of thing, right? Where like now he's sitting on train spotting. By the way, is one of my favorite movies. But he, but he's he's sitting, he's sitting on his bed like alone, you know, Mm -hmm. like. Dun, 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 day
0: one, dun, 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 you know, it's just mm-hmm. like calm fuck on, like it's you know, fuck. it's just really astonishing. They ripped off the little uh, montage from Requiem for a Dream, yep. the addiction yep. montage. You know, where it's going, yep. you Ooh know, with choo, your, choo, yeah. yeah, yeah, with the <laughs> plunger, yeah, <laughs> yeah, your, yeah, your, your pupil, your iris yep. going like this. You know, the yep. whole thing. It was just like, oh my god. I mean, it was so <laughs> heavy-handed. I, really I mean, was. I just like these guys should be ashamed of themselves. I, I, you know, if I'd been in that writer's room when this this whole thing was being being conceived. Or, or the editor i would have just cut you guys are so full of shit yeah yeah so. and, and
1: you know you know what though there's there so many folks out there perhaps actually i you know i don't know if folks are listening to listening today but um there are a lot of folks out there who I people that i know people that i like and respect who are really caught up in this idea of there's something inherently wrong with social media um and look uh, there is an argument to be, to, to, to be made that look any and too much of any one thing is enough. it you know on sundays on sundays i typically uh, just watch I, i'll just not look at my phone too much and not because i think that it's uh, programming me or whatever but just because sometimes i am you and I were working on this kind of stuff like 24 hours a day, basically. And sometimes it's just good to be like, look, I'm just going to do something completely different. You know, I'm going to stare. I'm going to stare at, uh, at, I'll watch a movie, right? I'll watch mm-hmm. a movie instead, just like purely just watch two and a half hours worth of film, <clears> not look at my phone, or maybe I'll look at my phone, but not like be like engaged on social media. I'm not saying there's not value in drawing lines, right? But that's just true with anything, right? You shouldn't drink too much either, right? You shouldn't drink, right? You shouldn't drink, you shouldn't drink too much. There's, well, there's a line to be drawn there. And again, that's, a, you know, um, so even to the extent that we could call this an addiction, which it's not like that, it, it, it doesn't follow that we
0: should all get rid of our social media accounts. Well, no, it doesn't follow at all, and and as a matter of fact, um, self-regulation. Any therapist, any any developmental psychologists will tell you that self-regulation is a huge part of, of becoming an adult. And, exactly. uh, you know, it's not just, it, we're not just talking about, it's not social media. It's not just drinking. It's not just drugs. It's getting enough sleep. It's eating right. Exactly. It's brushing your teeth, remembering exactly. to, to, floss, remember, you know, making a doctor's appointment and keeping it, you know, all of exactly. these things that are a part of self-discipline, uh, they're, they're infantilizing these, these kids. And furthermore, you know, not only have they referred to it as an addiction, but they also talk about it as a pacifier. You know, that was one of the Tristan oh. Her- Tristan Harris by the way is is he the guy is such a blowhard i mean you know i i i agree with some of the things that he said but it's also like some of what he said is just so he is just so high on his own fumes you know right yeah and what he said here is you know we're training a whole generation of people that when we're lonely or afraid we have a digital pacifier for ourselves no the no, paci- no. The, the the pacifier is connection with other people. other people. You're making
1: it easier to connect with other people. That's what's happening, you know? And that's look, what, and by, by the way, th- th- this is capitalism. And so someone's going to have to make money off of this or we're not going to get it, right? Like that's
0: how capitalism works. Well, it's free to the user. So somebody's paying for it, you know? Exactly. And so somebody's so got to is- pay for it. This is the bargain that's been made, you know, like from time immemorial for newspapers, for magazines, for, for television, for radio, The bargain is you listen to messages, advertising and exactly. yes, it's different. Yes. It's different. The, the, the AI is different and, and, and I get that, you know, but, um, you know, social media, it's, it's specifically a technology that's designed to be the intermediary for human communication. Instead of worrying about how engineers are manipulating people's attention, we need to take a much wider view of the goals of capitalism Mm -hmm. and, and the incentives that have driven these large companies to program human behavior toward their own interests. It's eminently possible for the algorithms themselves to have regulations built into them. And that's where we need to go with this. Right. Uh, they, 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 Algorithms must be made available for public review. Okay, Uh, something Hmm. this important. Social media is really it it should be a public utility. It should be the power company. Absolutely. You know, and and power companies are regulated to the point where you know exactly how much percent you're going to make on that capital you invest in that company. And it's fixed. And there are tax free bonds and things like that. So, you know, this is a utility. And and, you know, basically it would this keeping these algorithms secret would be as if the government or a utility was keeping its budgetary figures secret, right? And, and you, you can't, you know, it, it impacts social behavior, democratic behavior. And, you know, uh, these things are treated now as trade secrets and the trade secret is how they are using this to manipulate behavior and take away people's free, free will. And until we get to that kernel, that core of what these trade secrets are and lay them out on the table, Mm-hmm. lay them out. What yeah. are you doing? And, and you know, and, and the problem is, is that we have been in a deregulatory environment since the 1980s. Absolutely. And, you know, Reagan got rid of the fairness doctrine, okay, that put right wing talk radio on the table, which could never yeah. exist before. So now we have in the same environment, we invented probably the greatest engine of communication that's ever been invented in the world. And it's completely unregulated.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and so yeah, and uh, we, we're I think reaching the end of the segment, but I but I I think that that's really an important place to to sort of talk about to sort of start wrapping this up because we the the regulation of human behavior, right? So, uh, right, one of the arguments they make in the movie is that we our human brain was not built to handle this, right? And they're not wrong, right? They're the not wrong. Brain, they're not wrong at all, right? I mean, that is absolutely true, but. The, 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 the premise is true but it but what their 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 prescriptions and their conclusions I think are false. So look, we can the telephone made communication uh, and I, I think telephone is a really great example right because this is a, this is a communication device also that that changed the way we communicate completely. with each other that completely radicalized how we change this how we do this And guess what we did We adapted. Right, and like you said, we when and when we, we regulate it, and so what ends up happening is that we make it so that bad actors, we put regulations in place so that bad actors can't take advantage of it. It's really that simple. Because again, this is a tool that can be used for good. It can use it. It can be used for bad. And so we have rules. We have laws. We need. You know, Joe talked about this last day, last time, and mm-hmm. he said, you know, we need to uh, foster the best in humanity. And that is uh, right. Our ability, our empathy, our, be able, our ability to connect with people. And, mm-hmm. but we also need to put guardrails on. We need to be neat because human beings, a human animal can be really dangerous and is selfish and without mm-hmm. regulation, without rules, without norms, without, without boundaries. I mean, it's just a matter of time before a bad actor comes along and sometimes they are named yeah. Donald Trump. Right. And they, and, and, and they, and or Vladimir Putin. Right.
0: Yeah, and they just came along right at the time. I, I have I let me I just have a couple more points that I want to cover that it, I think are, are, are important here, and and one of them is uh, the statement that uh, Tristan Harris made, which by the way he was interviewed by Sam Harris, and I had to, I had to stop listening to that interview. It was, it was mm. so. But but what he said here is something that's it's really really misleading because he's he there's a big dramatic scene that he has, and he you know he gets these people together and he puts this slide up on the screen, and it talks about uh, that we were all worried about what would happen when technology exceeded human strength. He said, but what we didn't think about is um, what would happen when technology exceeded human weakness. And he's talking about the ability of social media to fool our free will and to cause us mm-hmm. to make decisions. And I just had to laugh because guess what else overcomes human weakness? Religion, supers- oh, yes. superstition, the attraction of power, uh, you know, blind love, a temptation of all types. I mean, all of those things overcome human weaknesses. So it's like, Okay, wait, like this is as old as time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally.
0: Totally. Yeah. As That's old really as time. Difficult. So, you know, we can we, we know that this is this is this is touching on human weakness for sure, but you know, but but we have to then regulate it. Okay, all of these other things, you know, we we have um or we used to before the theocrats got in trouble. Mm -hmm. We have regulations on religion. They can't, they are supposedly not be, not able to, uh, you know, to politic. And, and, uh, you know, we, superstition is, is relegated, uh, you know, to the academia, academia does not respect superstition. And, uh, you know, blind love is something everybody is aware that, uh, that, that they shouldn't do. And so, you know, you have all of these areas of human weakness and we, we, we put guardrails for it. And so that's, that's one thing. And then the, 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 the next thing um, is, Getting back to our to to what what I said was the most important uh, uh, statement, but there was another one. That's Kathy O'Neill, okay? Uh, and what she said, she was talking about uh, about AI, and she says we are allowing the technologists to frame this as a problem that they are equipped to solve. That's a mm-hmm. lie. People talk about AI as if it will know the truth. AI cannot solve the problem of fake news. They don't have a proxy for the truth that's better than a click, and that's super important because you know AI um, is what she said earlier too is that it's it's uh, it's opinions coded into algorithm. And we know that uh, this is a huge problem because, for example, facial recognition uh, Mm -hmm. does a terrible job with black people because it's designed by white engineers and they tested it on white faces. Exactly. And the same thing is true also with um, sentencing. A lot of sentencing uh, and parole decisions are now made by AI. And uh, they found that the algorithms are biased against black people. So we see racism. Yep. getting coded into these to these algorithms. And so this these are all really important points that they didn't they they really kind of glossed over and um I feel like kind of kind of that's that's it. I mean Shoshana Zuboff her final statement was that we should ban these markets in human futures as if they were like uh organ trade or or Yeah, 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 or, that was or human tra- child trafficking or whatever. And I I just think it's it's a cop out because you know um if if we could have ai technology and social media operating without damaging people they they're they're a public good and so it's just the fact the final point is that this is not regulated in the public interest and so therefore it right. becomes a tool for obliterating objective truth basically becoming an engine of fascism so this is this is where we we bring this to an end our buckminster fuller quote which is Whether it is to be Utopia or Oblivion will be a touch and go relay race right up until the final moment exactly
1: and i and i I love that i think that's a perfect summation because um um, and and i agree that they really missed the ball here and it's really it's sad to see because this has gotten picked up all over the place and everybody's talking about it right and it's like and it really is misleading i really hope that uh the conversation that we have here i hope there are other people having these sort of conversations i really hope so um and 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 more than anything else uh, right There are there are um, uh, investigations going on in the House. Uh, The Senate is obviously not going to do this but in the House in terms of and and, and finding ways, right, to to tame Mm -hmm. this, just like just like the railroad barons. Right. And the oil barons of the uh, of the the turn of the century. Right. These are people that were running roughshod over average people. And look, yes, they need to be reined in. They need to be regulated. But it's not the same thing as being like, let's just get rid of trains, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that, that, those are two different things, right? Um, that's not the solution. The solution is not to get rid of the new technology, it's to find a way to harness it so that, like you say, it ends up serving the public good rather than destroying the public good. Absolutely. Uh, you know? So um, I think that wraps it up for me. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So. Let's uh, let's move on. So uh, now it's time for our little fun thing. We're going to do um, uh, a new segment that we are going to talk about. It's called the radical secular. Uh, what is off the radical secular radar? Um, and so let's just do that. And we'll do a little check in. And so this is just going to be a time. This is the first time we do this. And we're just going to be like, hey, this is what's going on in our lives for some reason. Um, and this is Christoph. So uh, I did a speech last week. I. Um, Uh, With my friend at my friend Jen's place of work, she is, um, I went to law school with her and she's super cool, anti-racist, awesome. And she asked me to come and talk with her. So I got to talk uh, to her and her group that she had, that she runs there about what we do here at the Radical Secular, what we do at the Just Words Fallacy and and about race and my experience as a person of color. So I thought that was pretty awesome. And it was so, I was honored to be asked to do that. And I hope I get to do more of it in the future um, because I really do enjoy it and what else also um tomorrow lindsay and i lindsay's my wife by the way she's amazing um and you you know that sean obviously but um we are going to play disc golf with some friends of ours i don't know if you've ever played disc golf before but it's a I lot haven't. of fun it's just like golf except for with with um with discs and uh, sometimes smoking weed although I, I wouldn't know anything about that but um <laughs> but it's definitely like a hippie a sort of like a hippie sort of thing um very very low-key but it's fun great outdoor activity sort of you
0: know uh, social distancing and all that so um what about you sean well, um, I've been doing some computer upgrades. Uh, i I have an old uh, uh, Mac Pro that's from two thousand and ten, and it's just it just doesn't work very well. It's old and clunky, and um that's what I had been using for my avid. And since you know I, I, I kind of got out of the editing game a few years ago, and I'm starting to dip my toe back into it a little bit, and so I got my MacBook Pro working with uh, two external monitors. So now I can run Avid, and uh, I don't have to use Premiere Pro anymore. Uh, nice. If I don't want to. And, uh, apologies to any premier fans, but uh, Avid is, <laughs> is the real deal. So i uh, happy about that. And um, not sure if I should talk about the other thing, but uh, <coughs> I, I think been, you definitely should. Okay. Uh, I have been dusting off some of my various firearms because, you know, uh, we're planning to go take a trip to the range. It's been a little while and, you know, you never know uh when you might need to to use a weapon and uh it it really kind of brings to mind you know deplorables think they're the only ones in america who have guns and who can defend themselves and uh, that's not true Uh, the second amendment is good for the goose and the gander you figure out who's who in that (laughs) analogy (laughs) <laughs> totally, man. I mean, like, yeah. you, we, we sometimes piss off
1: liberals on this show. And I, I, I you know, look, I, I live in New Jersey. And so it's practically impossible to have a gun here. Um, but I do enjoy shooting guns. I think it's enjoy. I, I really do enjoy it. it, it it's fun. Um, I don't think that it's necessary that everybody walks around with an AR-15. But nevertheless, um, and I think regulation is really, really good. We were just talking about the importance of regulation in the last mm-hmm. segment. And uh, right, dangerous activities should be regulated definitely
0: um Honestly, I'm like, you know, almost approaching uh, pacifist on this, on this point. I mean, I was ready about, you know, five or six years ago to uh, do a video where I was going to cut up all my guns with a chop saw because I was so sick and tired of all these mass shootings that have happened. But yeah. uh, since then, you know, things have changed a little bit and uh, in the country. And I don't, I feel like, I mean, I, I would welcome the day. I would welcome the day when we pass gun control and I can take my, all my guns down to the police station and turn them in. I really, would right. Do yep. No problem. No problem. I do that. As long as everybody else is Doing it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, and uh, I just feel like at this point, it's 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 completely it's nuts out there. And it really um, is, you know, I don't I don't think violence is a solution to any problem because there's always someone with a bigger gun.
1: <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Um, all right. So, okay. Just like that, we've checked, uh, below the radar and that was awesome. Next time we will talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, now let's move to the third segment, man. Um, and this is, this is going to be a lot of fun because we're going to talk about, um, Sam Harris and meditation and spirituality, uh, spirituality. Um, so <laughs> this is what the part of what I'm calling radical solutions, right? Because I want to explore a little bit and in our last you know few minutes of the show. Um, what it means to approach life's problems from like a radical secular perspective right like how do we handle as individuals as angst things that are part of being a human being right depression anxiety especially around the trump era in the election. Um, and so for me, this is where Sam Harris comes in. Right. And so, and Sam Harris has been in the past for me, a real, a, a real hero. And it's now he, he has a lot of things that I don't agree with. I've read all his books, but I, a lot of things that I don't agree with, and especially these days, especially with, with respect to race, he's fucking terrible on race. Um, but still, some, I, you know, I've taken away a lot of good things from him. And so it gets a complicated relationship. Um, and meditation is one of those things where I grew up doing meditation, um, from my mom's side, but then as I got older, I got really sick of it and, and away from it because it was sort of this thing where like, you know, there's so much bat shittery and like it, we grew up with, with like spiritual bat shittery, right? Like, you know, chakras and essential oils and, huh. and crystals and all the kind of baggage and that and yoga and not look, if you want to stretch that's fine. But I mean, like, but the whole yoga culture and the meditation culture is infuriating. Um and so I got away yeah. from that but and then and then I I read Waking Up which is his book on meditation and whatever and and I and I was like hold I was like wow there is a secular approach to this right that doesn't require in my view and I think you probably have a different view in my view require that I Take uh, that! I accept any premises that are that are flawed, fundamentally flawed. So, anyway, that's the intro, Sean. I'm going to let you start because I know that you have a lot of things to talk about with this, and then I'll jump in after you've uh, made your first uh, first point.
0: Well, I, I'm going to say, you know, we've 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 seen there is a there is a there is a slippery slope. There's and I, and I hate, generally hate slippery slope arguments, but there yes, is yes. a there is a path uh, from, you know, yoga and meditation into conspirituality as we, as we saw on our show with Matthew Remsky And of course, you know, both of us being from a cult background growing Mm -hmm. up in a very, in a very, uh, highly religious, uh, setting, you know, it's left me with a real bad taste in my mouth for anything to do with that. And so, you know, that's my, my general skepticism, uh, for meditation, but I, I, I'd love to hear how it worked for you and what, you know, what you think is, is good about it. Well, yeah. So, um, that's,
1: that's really interesting. So what, what happens for me, so I, a little bit of background, right. Is, uh, you know, I had a lot of problem with drugs when I was younger and, and so I ended up in, uh, in various you know rehabs and self-help programs and stuff like that. And a lot of these were religious. And so they became, I, and, um, and, and I ended up leaving them because I hated them and, uh, and I, you know, I don't do drugs, um, or at least I don't abuse drugs, um, at this point in my life, um, or, or alcohol. But, um, that being said, I still felt like I wanted some sort of, you know, and this is what I talk about spirituality, little S right. Like a sense of like, and, 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 philosophy, they talk about it in terms of, um, like a philosophy of life, right. Like mm-hmm. an approach, an approach to understanding life. So meditation, how meditation falls into that. Now, I find it helpful because it allows me to to be just aware of my emotions. My emotions are, have been, and the things that go on between my head, like my brain, the, the thoughts fly around, right? Like I'm prone to depression, anxiety, and I can't stop, literally just cannot stop thinking, right? I cannot stop thinking. And it, it and it drove me to use drugs. It drove me to, so what meditation does, is it allows me to slow down and I feel I'm I'm much less reactive. I'm much less, I'm much less, I'm much more, more interested perspective, and I'm able to get off the emotional the, the emotional roller coaster, the emotional elevator before I flip out and say, you know, I'm um, upset. You know, I, I remember one time I lost it. This is right after the election. I fucking lost it at, 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 at my wife's birthday dinner because some guy said something fucking racist and and bigoted. And and I I I couldn't get off the elevator. Right. Like I mean I, I knew I shouldn't flip out there, but like I I was not in control of my emotions. So what meditation does is allows me to to to, 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 to control my emotions emotions and and be calmer. So that is my takeaway as, and I don't know, I don't make any metaphysical claims about it, right? About what Mm -hmm. it's like, no metaphysical claims at all. So I know you have different approach or different thoughts, but I'm curious.
0: Let's just say that uh, you know. I, you want to start with I, Sam Harris. Well, well, Sam Harris. <laughs> fr- first of all, I mean, Sam Harris. Yeah, he's he's been a big disappointment to me, and I think that I can take some of his points. Particularly, uh, I think his best work is the the Moral Landscape. I that that, agree. That's that, the best. That, one. That, that, that book, you know, it's it's just it's just kind of open and shut for me. That uh, you know, uh, it's a very good defense of, of of consequentialism and utilitarianism that we like to talk about, and uh, I, I think it's very good. I think the End of Faith was excellent as well. Mm-hmm and um you know for me uh, you know sam harris started to go off the rails um you know because he found himself on the wrong side of me too and uh mm. and 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 racism and uh, you know his, his recent he has a recent podcast uh where he calls he says it's entitled the religion of anti racism now i haven't listened to that podcast so i don't know what they're talking about but uh f- from what i know about sam harris um he thinks religion is a bad thing. So if you're going to call anti-racism a religion, that means you disagree with anti-racism and you disagree, particularly, I think with the obligation that you and I believe people have to become anti-racist as a matter of course. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, that is a sort of, I think um, I've heard this from a lot of right-wingers. They just object to the idea that they have to think about race at all. And uh, they don't think that they should, that they they think that being anti-racist is racist. They've got it all turned around, you know? Yep.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah. So one of my biggest qualms with Sam Harris um, first uh, on the race issue is an obvious one. And I think that we are going to. So because Sam Harris has been a hero of mine in the past, a fallen hero, perhaps, um, you know, I think that I there are many different. I'd like to sort of over time, and I think we'll do this, is come back to Sam Harris and his ideas and 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 bat them down where necessary and boost them where where it makes sense. Um, but but I agree with you. He has gone off the rails in particular with with race and the Me Too era. And he just sounds like a he sounds like a fucking typical white guy. That's what he sounds like. Yeah. He sounds like a typical white guy who doesn't want to have to take Personal responsibility for 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 uh, for change, right, and for and for progress.
0: And he magnifies like like oh, what a burden it is to have to be an anti-racist. I mean, yeah. holy shit, you know? Like, what are you talking about? Like, right? <laughs> all, all you have to do is just take black people seriously,
1: right? Listen to black people and 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 be and be self-reflective. Which, by the way, which is ironic because this is a guy who is look like touting meditation, right, mm-hmm. and 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 self-reflection. Meanwhile, like, I mean, the blind spot that he has is is
0: astonishing. It's astonishing the blind spot. This is one of my beefs because um, uh, you're not like this, but a lot of people I know who are really into meditation, uh, I find that they are people who have a lot of repressed anger. hmm. And they, mm-hmm. they, and, and so they make this big pretense and this big show of being all into meditation and peace and everything else and love. And, uh, it actually ends up being repressed anger. And, um, I saw a guy who came back from a, a 10 day Vipassana retreat where he was, you know, didn't speak for a long time. And, um, we were going out to lunch after that. Uh, and he just yelled at somebody on the street for doing something that was like trivial, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, that 10 days doesn't seem like it bought you a whole lot. yeah 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 you know what and and this
1: is a this is this is really interesting um but i i wonder right we were just talking about earlier about med about tools and Mm -hmm. tools being used in positive ways tools being used in negative ways and i and and for me that's personally how i think about meditation right because um you're going to have a megalomaniac that's going to walk in there and, and right. I mean, there are countless countless, and by and to Sam Harris credit, he does talk about, he does multiple episodes about this. And that is mm-hmm. the, 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 the gurus, <clears throat> right. The fucking gurus. Like, so that entire world of gurus and, and disciples and, um and chakras and, and meditation retreats and all that kind of stuff. I, it's, I like, that is, I, like for the record, wholly reject all of that. I think mm. that is all nonsense. Also, the entire so, idea, uh, the metaphysical claims, this idea that like, yeah. look, you know, that that everything is consciousness. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, right. It's, these yeah. kind of, these kind of metaphysical claims. I mean, these the, the, and 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 and, and uh, Sam Harris constantly says, "Oh, I'm not making any metaphysical claims." Right before he makes metaphysical claims, right.
0: I got to tell you that that uh, you know reading the Waking Up book was a very very frustrating experience for me because you know I was used to this the the old Sam Harris before he mm-hmm. got into this and mm-hmm. um, uh, you know you turn he he'd spend one page you know debunking something about religion and then you flip the page over and he's telling you about what his guru said about meditation and it was exactly. like it was a bunch of airy fairy shit that yep. made utterly no sense utterly unsupportable and you know his ultimate. Um, He's like, he's doing the same thing that he uh, accuses religion of doing. And it just, it really, I lost respect for him. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I've lost a lot of respect for him too. And I find myself to be really torn.
1: I wonder, I I know that there's going to be a lot of people that listen to our podcast who are atheists, who are, um, who are, or at least agnostics or people who are not religious at least. Um, And so uh, I think that, and this is why I bring this up because I think it's natural for, and uh, you know, it's natural, I think, for for all of us to ask ourselves the big questions, right? And be like, oh, you know, uh, and, and not a matter of purpose or anything like that, because that's nonsense. Like, there, there is no fucking purpose, right? I mean, we're, right. we're just here. We're just here, right? We're, we're just like the dogs are here, right? And the cats are here. And then, and, and, right, we're just here. Evolution, whatever. But, but, but the question is, like... And this is what I asked and like what i am talking about at the beginning at the top of the show is, um, you know, how do we fashion a way of navigating these 80, 90 years on this planet um, in a way that keeps us reasonably sane. Right. So yes, like therapy, that's great. I mean, I went to, I'm in therapy. I'm always in therapy. I think therapy is fucking great. And I've been in therapy for fucking 15 years, right. Over the, you know, and I've got, I've gone, I've come back. I've had multiple therapists. It's been fucking great. Um, that's really great. Um, You know, pure on full on hedonism, right. Basically just like, Hey, like I enjoy doing this and I'm not going to feel bad about doing that. I'm just going to fucking do it. And I'm going to reject any sort of moral, moral hierarchy um, based on, 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 on bullshit. Um, but the other thing is taming what's going on between our two, between, between our two ears. And, and, mm-hmm. and I find, and I, and I, I, I'm not, I don't think that that meditation is necessarily a prescription for everybody. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to walk around and say, everybody should be meditating or everybody should be in therapy. Like everyone should do what the hell they want to do. But I will say though, that I think that there, what I think Sam Harris does right is that he is approaching a, a technique, a way of thinking about the world. Um, and, uh, and, and thinking about the, the idea of self, right. The idea of self at the, as like, uh, you know, as, uh, as, uh, what, what exactly is self. And I think these sort of questions, I think I find, I, I think I find these interesting. I think they're, I think they are, I don't know. I think it, it helps put it helps put a little bit of spirituality uh in my life i suppose I, it's hard it's hard I, this is why i want to talk about it right because i, I, I yeah. this is something that i struggle with right
0: well i mean self is very much like free will in the sense that um and sam harris actually you know he explores this in the wake in the uh, waking up book mm-hmm. uh, and he he comes to the conclusion at the end that there is no self that mm-hmm. it's an illusion and yeah. um uh it's just just as free will is an illusion but this is something I mean it's definitely something we, yeah. we, you know I decided to wear this shirt today and not another and uh, you know I, I feel like me when I wake up in the morning and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's it's like so so I, I think what it's it becomes a semantic argument because mm-hmm. what free will is to humans is the illusion of free will and yes. what the self is to humans is the illusion the of illusion self. of self exactly. So it's like you know somehow we are you know it's like the the I don't know if it was Carl Sagan I believe it was who said we are Stardust observing starlight. absolutely that is the establishment of of a of a separate uh object you know subjective point of view um you know of the universe so each one of us becomes another little subjective point of view that has a self and has an identity and has to, has to deal with that for the time that we're alive. And it it leads us down all sorts of rabbit holes, like, you know, like this idea that we want to live forever or that we, you know, the religion, religious stuff or whatever. And that, and that's, that's the problem I have a little bit with, with meditation is that Mm -hmm. it's so like in order to walk the edge of, of, of meditating and not getting into airy fairy shit, that's like a razor. You know, Mm -hmm. you could easily fall one side or the other into one sort of illusion or another with, with meditation. And so that's, that's a little bit of a problem I have with it. Aside from the fact that I'm, you know, they they tell you that it's something that you have to learn to do, like, like playing an instrument or, Mm. or, or lifting weights or whatever that it takes practice. And it's like, I, it's just, I just, I don't have the desire. I don't have the the need or the or the or the desire to, to become good enough at it to know whether I like it or not, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's valid. I think that's really valid. I think for me, in terms of the value that I get from um, and this is actually very Sam Harris is and, uh, and generally, which is he can he is essentially reductive, right? So he takes mm-hmm. like he right, that is that is how he wins arguments. Um reductio ad absurdum, right? That that is his argument style, right? Um mm-hmm. and he is so he is in general reductive. So and and so, like breaking down the the idea of self, the illusion of self, um, you know, as like conceptually, I f- why do I find that valuable? I find that valuable because in my day to day life, I have um, what I sh- have struggled with in my life is is uh, is things like self doubt. And, and basically like having a nagging voice telling me that there's, there's something wrong with me, um, or that I'm, I'm, I am, you know, I am to blame for X, Y, and Z or, or whatever. And so when I'm able to deconstruct the idea of self and I, and that is, I think I'm able to sort of divorce myself. I like when I'm able to think of myself as not a self, Mm -hmm. I'm able to then not be identified with that shitty feeling that I'm oh. dealing with. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I'm able to sort of, and, and look, I'm not saying necessarily that you have to meditate to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think like the concept, the idea being able to say like another way to do, another, here's another way to do it. Another way that I think about this, is like I'm just an animal. Right. And right. when I think about that way, I'm just like, I'm just doing what animals do in response to stimuli. Right. Mm-hmm. And so how can I then feel morally shitty about what i'm doing or feel like i'm a bad person for for for, for yeah. fucking up or doing whatever so that, well, that's I exactly thought, right yeah that's exactly
0: know? and that's one of the things that sam harris says when he's talking about uh free will and you know he 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 says you know you are not your thoughts and he says he he's talks about um a thought as just arising uh, you know unbidden on its right, own right, from right, your right, brain right, and right, so right. it's like well what else what other what else could have happened i mean the thought just came up and you know i think that He's a neuroscientist, and I think that I'm not satisfied with that answer. That oh, this thought just came up, which mm-hmm. is why I'm so much more into evolutionary psychology because mm-hmm. that thought is motivated by something, mm-hmm. and it's motivated by a drive, whether it's whether it's sex, security, um, uh, fear, uh, you know, a, a million different things, uh, you know, desire for power, uh, uh, lust. Um, you know um anything there's a, there's a whole bunch of motivations that we can ascribe to you know to Maslow to to mm-hmm. to all these evolutionary mm-hmm. hierarchies of of things that we want social social uh proof and social um you know climbing is is something mm-hmm. that motivates a lot of things so when you have a thought about something or someone it's going to be related to that and that is that is how i put those thoughts in context and the other thing that i do is um and maybe this is a sort of a meditation but you know this mm. is something I learned from a therapist who is a jungian and mm. you know Carl Jung is like very religious and you know kind of out there and I haven't done a lot of reading of Jung but one of his techniques that is I think important is the ability to see yourself as a collection of different characters. So mm. when you have a voice that is sitting there, you know yelling at you in your head that you're like a bad person or that you're a failure or that you fucked up or whatever the thing is, that's a separate character. That's not you. Mm -hmm. You are the king, like you're sitting at the head of the table and these other, other characters are over there, you know, arguing amongst each other, you know, should I do this? Should I not do this? You know, am I going to do the good thing or am I going to do the bad thing the convenient thing, the, the, the expedient thing, you know, and, and these conversations are taking place in your brain all the time between different regions of your brain that could be potentially separately conscious. And this also has to do with, um, potentially multiple personalities, people who, because these characters, like they can switch seats. Like you got that guy who's, who's your, your inner critic. And all of a sudden now he's sitting at the, at the head of the table and driving the train. And that's when you go into depression uh, or, or, or self doubt. And so that's kind of, that's the framework of how I deal with it. And I, I work with a therapist. I've been in continuous therapy as well, and I, I Mm -hmm. wouldn't trade it for the world. And I'm lucky enough to have a therapist who I've been with for like seven years. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's, I, that's that's what I do is I, I sort of analyze myself from that perspective along with my with the help of my therapist. That's really fascinating. And so th- th-
1: to sort of pull it all together, it, because because it sounds to me, and I'm not trying to, I, you know, I I I hate splitting the baby, but like, but it, it seems you know, it seems to me right that we are thinking about this. We're thinking about dealing with. We are trying to deal with life right? Um, and the challenges of being a human being, right? That are just inherent to being a human being. We get better at it, right? As we get older, ideally, um, most people, a lot of people don't, but, you know, uh, people like you and I who care about self-growth and who care about becoming better people and who think, we were talking about earlier about people like Sam Harris, for example, who doesn't think it's his responsibility to be anti-racist, right? We don't actually know. We haven't listened to the episode. We haven't, but, listened, to podcast, know, we I, haven't listened to his podcast. We haven't listened to his podcast, but we, 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 can, we, we can get an idea of what he, what the gist is. And the mm-hmm. idea, the point is that, like, you know, you and I both, see that we, and and obviously you could disagree with me, but I think that you and I both agree that we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the people that, that we care about that are in our lives to become better people, to get better at living, right? And to resolve those sort of, the sort of some of these conflicts and sort of navigate these problems. And so I think what you're talking about in terms of the personalities, and what I'm talking about in terms of sort of the deconstruction um, element that I find valuable in meditation, um, it sounds like we're getting we're 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 we're, we're aiming toward that same yeah we're approaching it from
0: different angles. different I- ideas yeah. and different
1: angles. And mm-hmm. and frankly, I'm going to try. You know, that's actually really useful for me because um, that's something that I think that I can. Uh, that concept I think is a good concept, you know, and you know, look for people like you and I were intellectual people. And so concepts work for us, right. You know, like, uh, you know, they can like guiding principles and guiding concepts can really work for us. Uh, it might not work for everybody, but, um, but I do think it's a good conversation to be having, you know,
0: if somebody could, you know, if there was an easy way to just, um, put yourself into a meditative state where you could not, we could think about nothing. I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that right now but it's it's not it's not like that unfortunately No, it's no, very the, difficult
1: it's really hard the brain the human brain is constantly buffeting you right and so yeah. i mean yeah and like yeah so and that is the natural state of the human brain right is is jumping it's from <laughs> topic to topic right like that is just a natural human brain right yeah. and so um I, for me it's just a question of learning to live with that um mm-hmm. in a way and and, and because uh, i have not and 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 look, growing up in a cult is growing up in a cult, and you know I think the idea of learning of how I learned to
0: address these issues was probably not very healthy, right? And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like pray about well, it. A lot of repression. A lot of repression. Exactly. Push push that stuff down into your you know electronic belt. The astral plane. Yeah. Get it away. Electronic you know? belt. I forgot about the <laughs> electronic belt. <laughs> Complete <laughs> craziness. Yeah.
1: oh man oh man man. well anyway well well we're we're sort of uh, at the end of at the end of time here and um i think look it's good to have a conversation um we we tend to agree on pretty much everything so um we're like cut from the same cloth so it's it's it's, i think it's nice to have a conversation where we have different different ideas and different approaches and stuff definitely um and uh so which is awesome um so anyway do you have any final thoughts
0: not really. I think we've covered so much ground today. It's, it's it's amazing. I can't wait to go back and listen to the show and get it uh, cut and on the air. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I
1: agreed. I, I think we covered a lot. It was a lot of fun. And uh, so, everybody out there, uh, I want to remind you again to make sure that you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. You hit that red YouTube button that's like right below. Just 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 fucking hit it. Hit it um and give us a five-star rating if you are radically secular uh, give us a five-star rating uh tell your friends and family about the show word of mouth matters check out the just words fallacy medium publication the link is in the bio and uh look thanks for being here and uh remember wherever you are you can be radically secular
0: you've been listening to the radical secular a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state and the pursuit of justice For full video episodes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel.